You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of The Rob Carson Show. Bruce Liddell is going to be joining us, a uh, former uh, associate of Donald Trump, also uh, a uh, former executive director for the National Diversity Coalition for Trump. And uh, just a hell of a nice guy, and uh, I, I enjoy getting him on. I love his take on stuff. It's the only reason I, you know, bring people on the show. Is I want to hear their take, you know. It's not about selling books. It's about uh, having a take that is, uh, is respected, and I, and I do. Uh, Bruce Lavelle, he will join us at the bottom of the hour. <clears throat> also, I have some amazing audio. <clears throat> Excuse me. From my favorite pundit, Victor Davis Hanson, uh, with regard to uh, Hunter Biden in just a moment. I did see Sound of Freedom last night. I want to mention this. I, uh, I posted a video on, uh, on Twitter this morning. I'll play just a little bit of it. Uh, if you don't mind, and if you, if you get the chance to, go to me, uh, go to Twitter at Rob Carson Show. Uh, I am not going to sign up for this idiotic new social media network of, uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, Jeff Zuckerberg because he abused everybody so badly. Uh, uh, he can take his new social media platform and shove it. So I'm sticking with uh, with Twitter because Elon Musk is the greatest, I think, the greatest voice for uh, freedom of expression in our lifetimes. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. Here's a little bit of uh, of my video. And if you want to see the rest of it, go to Twitter, go to Getter, go to Truth, go to LinkedIn, and also to uh, the hell, Facebook, I guess. Uh, I'll probably put it on Facebook, too. And if I can get it to play, it should play in just one second here. Of course, Twitter is buffering. I'm having some trouble loading this video. It's kind of strange, right? It's kind of strange how uh, I'm having trouble loading this video and how it's all of a sudden out of nowhere uh, buffering. But here, here we go. Here, we'll try it. We need to uh, here, destroy here, the Here's the line. Here's the line. Children, sexually. And we need to not sate the hunger. Okay, Child sex trafficking is real. Here we go. Here we go. And it is something that we have to stop. We have, the world has an unsated hunger for children sexually, and we need to not sate the hunger. We need to uh, destroy the hungry. There you go. We don't need to sate the hunger. We need to destroy the hungry when it comes to uh, uh, child sex trafficking. Um, as far as this movie, uh, Matt, uh, Tim Ballard is the guy it's based on. He uh, dedicated 12 years of his life working undercover for the DHS before they started doing idiotic things like the, and dangerous things like censoring freedom of speech. I'm sure that they probably, uh, you know, uh, prevent a lot of the stories about child sex trafficking coming across the border since the border's been opening. Isn't that kind of interesting? He was ordered to stand down while trying to free tre- children from human traffickers in South America. So he quit his job, and he saved kids. It's a great story. You should go see it. You should go see it. You should go see it. Um, let me see what we got here. Oh, oh, I want to talk about. I want to talk about Hunter Biden and cocaine. They still haven't found the person who took the cocaine to the White House, even though the most obvious answer would be the guy who snorts so much of it and smokes it. We do, we do. 
Scooby, do you know who left the blow? What is the White House hiding? This is Jim Gossett. Scooby, dooby, do we know that you can prove it's Hunter Biden? A cover ups in place, a real disgrace. No answers they're providing. Come on, Scoob! But Scooby will not fail, he's on the trail. The trail of Hunter Biden. You know you gotta mystery to solve, so Scooby-Doo, you gotta use your head. Use your head. Use your head. But what if Joe goes Hillary and Scooby-Doo could wind up dead? Well, you never know. Dead instead. In a park somewhere. Scooby, watch your back, cause they'll attack. Hunter is protected. And there is no doubt Joe has real clout. Though he was not elected. Oh, hello. You can't say that. That's uh, disinformation and misinformation and all that stuff. That's uh, brand new from Jim Gossett. All right, maybe we need uh, the mystery machine to run out of gas in front of the White House and go in and solve the mystery. What would be under Joe Biden's mask? I wonder. I just kind of wonder. Yeah, kind of funny. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Jake Sullivan yesterday. Now, I, I mentioned this yesterday. Um, frequently in comedy... The joke is the most obvious answer, okay? So the, the, the joke obviously is cocaine in the White House. Hunter Biden's been invited into the White House. Joe Biden's doing everything he can to rehabilitate Hunter Biden's image in the White House, and they find cocaine. Where are you going to go? You're going to go, oh, uh, you must have been those guys uh, working in the White House. They're the ones who, you know, the guys who would have their lives destroyed if cocaine was found and they never find work again and they go to jail. You know, all that. Yeah, yeah, no. No, the obvious answer is it's Hunter Biden. Uh, duh. And that's why they're, they're lying and they're changing their story and where it was and all of this stuff. And they're waiting, I guess, maybe to delay, delay a drug test so it's no longer in his system. Although, apparently, cocaine stays in your hair for a couple of years. So there is that. But here is Jay, uh, this is Jake Sullivan, of course, picking on the people who are indefensible, the people who just work at the White House, maybe doing some contract work, making 15 bucks an hour, doing some drywall repair or something like that. Who the hell knows? It's kind of like what they did with Border Patrol agents, whipping Haitian immigrants. They weren't. They were just riding their horses, using the bridles. But you know what? They never came back and apologized to those people as well. But here is Jake Sullivan attempting to pin the blame on somebody other than Hunter. I would make a point about the Situation Room because I think there's been a lot of questionable reporting on this. The Situation Room is not in use and has not been in use for months because it is currently under construction. We are using uh, an alternate situation room in the Eisenhower Executive Office building. So the only people coming in and going out of the sit room in this period have been workers who are getting it ready to go. This is how they treat you and me, man. This is this is the us and them. You're the you're the rabble. You're the ones who can be blamed for things like this. You're the ones who get blamed for climate change while they continue to drive in big old SUVs and fly on private jets. You understand? You ever see anybody in Washington, D.C., a big-name politician, get hauled off in handcuffs and thrown in jail for corruption? No, no, it doesn't happen, does it? It's kind of weird that way. It's kind of weird that way. It's almost like there's a system set up. This is Victor Davis Hanson. He is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant prognosticator. I believe last night he was on Fox. He has occasionally been on Newsmax with Eric Bowling. I would love to have him on my show. That said, here is Victor Davis Hanson talking about this scandal and how the media may have actually reach their end with defending the Bidens. You would think, given the fact that Hunter Biden has lost a firearm, 
that he illegally registered or that he left a crack pipe in a car that he rented oh, yeah. or he's lost two or three laptops, well, there is that, you yeah. would think that this White House would go on any uh, level of transparency to dispel any suspicion and yet like a hundred drug test they can't get the date right they say that he was not there friday we know he was you're being played they say that they're going to invoke the hatch act which is absolutely ridiculous cocaine has nothing to do with politics i think it's the hash act and government service and so all they have to do as you pointed out was say no no biden family member had cocaine and they won't do that no they haven't done that so all they do is increase the suspicion and then this story it's because you know they lie about everything so yeah the suspicion will becomes a force multiplier of the loof narrative of the whistleblowers from the irs of the fbi subpoenaed documents in front of congress about the 10 million dollar payoff and at some point they're like the proverbial camel uh, straws on a camel's back. They become too burdensome. You can't just deal with them, and they're starting to do that now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's beyond a straw on the camel's back. It's Chris Christie on the camel's back at this point. And the camel is just saying, screw it. And as the camel is getting ready to bend its knees, its spine breaks in half. Yeah, like that. And they give a picture of a corrupt family and a son that's totally out of control and who belongs somewhere but anywhere but not in the white house so why has joe biden decided to uh bring his son into the white house why is he not uh billy carter you're right it, why isn't he not roger clinton right he just can't be in the white house and that poses the question why is he there is he is joe biden afraid that he'll go and talk about the family business or his own problems and implicate huh. it's a very strange relationship between father and son and it's not uh, a narrative yeah i'd say uh, you know getting money extorting money out of our enemies or demanding money from our enemies in in uh, in with with the uh, payment in kind uh, uh buying influence policy and whatnot i say that's kind of a strange relationship with your son familial or father love fatherly love it's something very strange because we've never seen problematic members of a presidential family showcased and in the center of the power of the united states government yeah it's kind of weird but that doesn't mean joe biden can't lecture us about everything here's a little more victor davis hansen it's a classic case of projection when joe biden tours the country and lectures the americans that they have to pay their fair share then that poses the question, how do you account for the lavish lifestyles of the Bidens versus the amount of taxes that were reported? Oh, yeah. They don't match, so don't lecture us about that. And when you talk about duty and responsibility, then everybody has to be equal under the law. This is a question of equality under the law. And we do not have that right now. Our DOJ is so ungodly corrupt. All of these agencies, all these letter agencies of the federal government, I've said, we live a tale of two cities. We have a bourgeois, a proletariat. We are the proletariat. We eat the crumbs. They eat the foie gras. We have a Bastille in Washington, D.C. now, full of political prisoners. So what do we do now? Well, you've got to have some beheadings. Not physical beheadings, not cutting people's heads off. No, 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 not down with that. Cutting the heads off these agencies, cutting the head off of the DOJ with Merrick Garland going bye-bye into uh, impeachment and hopefully prison. Uh, you know, uh, people like uh, Chris Ray is the head of the FBI. You get it. 
Cut those heads off. We saw it with Hunter Biden and his tax exposure. Off their agencies. We saw it with his failure to register as a government agency. And we don't get the normal questions that would apply to anybody else in the White House. And everybody's finally gets to the point where why don't the Bidens just follow the law like every other American citizen? You and think, the fact that they don't. Why don't the Clintons? Why? What? Why? And then they lecture everybody about uh, their purported sins is just too much to take. And the fact that the reporters now are starting to the first time in this administration ask questions suggest, I think, Will, that the left and the Democratic Party is starting to see this family as a liability. There you go. And I said this, too. Every day, Democrats wake up soaked in sweat after a sleepless night saying, holy hell, tomorrow morning we get up. Joe Biden is still going to be the president and Kamala Harris is going to be the vice president. How the hell do we get out of this? Absolutely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. If you think that they're cool with it, if you think they think Joe Biden is a winning candidate, if you think that the lies that uh, Donald Trump can't beat Joe Biden in a general election are going to actually come to fruition, that people are going to say, or are people saying, no, Joe Biden is a scumbag. 66% of us believe that if he were elected, it would be a disaster for the country. 74% of the American people feel the country is going in the wrong direction. That is why Democrats can't sleep at night. And that is why Joe Biden is going to be offloaded. I believe that. All right. 800-922-6680. Barbara from Baltimore is coming up next. We're going to talk to her about Hunter's cocaina. That's on the way. This is The Rob Carson Show. We all know America is headed in the wrong direction. It's time to grab the wheel. It's the Rob Carson Show. Here's an economic headline. Consumer credit growth unexpectedly crashes. I wonder why that is. Consumer credit, which includes home loans, grew by 7.3% in the month. An annual rate of 1.8%. Increase from the prime month, down from what they expected. Also, revolving credit way down. You know why? Because Americans have maxed out their credit cards. Because we are hanging by a thread. Many families are hanging by a thread. And that's why you need to diversify what you have in case you need it. That's why I got the secret war on cash from Swiss America. It's one of the reasons I got it, because my wife and I have a, a, a little 401k, a little retirement thingy. It's not all of it. It's not the whole shebang. It's not the whole enchilada. It's just some. And I'm saying, honey, let's just not let it lie there. Let's have it in case we need it. All right? Let's invest that in precious metals. So I got a hold of Swiss America, and I'd like you to call them too. And, and here's a number. I want you to write this down, okay? You can write You can text them. You can call them or text them. Just mention my name, Rob Carson. And the number is 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. You owe it to, your, to yourself, you owe it to your family to learn more. Call or text 800-289-2646. You're going to get this, this all-out war on cash. Uh, it's, a, it's a portfolio. I've got it right here. And it'll tell you about uh, your options, what you can do. So get the secret war on cash, get it free, and just mention Rob Carson. That's me. Rob Carson at 800-289-2646. Or you can also, if you're at your computer right now, just go ahead and bookmark this, okay? SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. It's just a good idea. We don't know where this economy is going. We don't know whether it's going to go north or south. But I'm going to tell you, precious metals are precious for a reason. Swiss America is a great company 
Triple A rating from the Better Business Bureau, 800-289-2646. Message and data rates apply. Barbara in Baltimore is in Savannah, Georgia, and she wants to talk about Hunter. How you doing there, Barbara? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm heading home Good. on Thursday. At least I think so. So far, that's what I'm planning to do. But, you know, <laughs> when you said Chris, Chris, Chris Chrissy was the strong. It broke the camel's back. I almost yeah. stopped because I tell you, Chris Christie, that monkey that Hunter's got on his back, that's how big it is. I swear and to God. I, you know, it, it, it's a sad situation with Hunter because they're keeping him under lock and key because just what Victor Hansen was it Victor David Hansen? Yes, yes, yes. And he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Yes. And, you yes. know, I hadn't even thought about that. They're afraid he might start talking, especially if somebody puts some coke in front of him. He could, hey, listen, listen. That's an interest. Isn't it an interesting concept that Joe Biden is keeping Hunter close to him, so perhaps people can't say, "Hey, Hunter, you know, if you if you come clean about this, this could end up working out very well for you." Because if it's found out that there's coke in your system, that plea deal's going out the window, and you're going to jail. It you know, these are these are possibilities, Barbara, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm you know, and, and he'll just open right up. He'll be like a bad refrigerator. He won't be able to keep anything. <laughs> yeah, and it would smell just as bad. He'll just <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah. until I heard that, what I was thinking is they are keeping my thought is they were keeping him under wraps to keep him from getting hot. They wanted to, you know, I hadn't even looked at it from the point, from the the um, point of view that he spilled the bean, and yeah. uh, he's right. He yeah. would spill the beans, and it wouldn't take much to make him do it. It wouldn't take I, much. You know, I kind of feel sorry for him to have a father like Joe, who uh, you know used his kid, who pimped his son out, knowing he's a drug addict, he's an addict. How? Why would you even put him in a position to have that kind of money as a parent? And as someone who worked with people in the drug rehabilitation program, that is a hard thing for them to get off the drugs. Most of them don't. It's less than one percent to get clean. No. I know, Barbara. I know, Barbara. I got off. You know, I was uh, I, I drank a lot and I was able to quit one day. I'm very fortunate that way. But I know what it's like to be in the throes of addiction. I also know what it's like to be in an abusive situation or whatever situation and realize that you can either leave that behind you and get better or you can continue that behavior. And Hunter Biden has continued that bad behavior. He's not fixable. He is a, I believe, sociopath. I believe, I believe his father is a sociopath. That's why they don't say they're seven grandchildren instead of six. These people are really sick people. Do you believe that? Can you no, believe I... that Jill, and this, this comes down, this is a woman thing here. As a woman myself, as a mother, I can't believe that she would allow that child, especially, and you know, remember, I, took, I, I was adopted. How? Can you do that to a child? Well, the same reason that she can take... Hey, hold on, Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. The same way that she can push a man who clearly has dementia into running for another term, looking past him as someone she loves and as his caregiver, essentially, and saying, no, honey, go for another term, even though he can barely talk, walk, and probably feed himself. Absolutely. You're right about that. She's a cold-hearted bee. I tell you, there's songs written about women like Jill. She's it. She's it. 
<laughs> All right, Barbara, I got I got to run. Safe travels back to Baltimore, okay? See you when I get back. Bye-bye. All right. God bless you, girl. <clears throat> yeah, I, it makes you kind of wonder why <clears throat> why Joe Biden is bringing uh, Hunter into the White House trying to rebuild his image. That ain't going to work. Look who's trying to rebuild it. Joe Bag- Joe Joe's a scumbag, too. <laughs> Coming up, Bruce Lavelle, former Trump associated and favorite guest on the day's events, and Hunter Biden. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. What part of abuses and usurpations do you not understand? It's the Rob Carson Show. I had to laugh. There is a headline on Newsmax. MSNBC panel calls uh, Ron DeSantis' wife America's Karen. And I'm like, uh, I hate to tell you, that, but Karen is a cul-de-sac-dwelling liberal woman. That's it. I, I discovered Karen years ago. She, Karen, is the one who decided that if George Floyd died, they have to get rid of Mrs. Butterworth. All right? That's Karen. All right? And you want to know the perfect Karen? If you want to embody the Karen, you know who the Karen is? The busybody telling you how to live? The busybody in your life? The busy... Uh, Liz Warren. Liz Warren is ground zero for Karen. That's it. Casey DeSantis is not a Karen. Uh, honestly, this is a projection as usual by MSNBC. The same, uh, the same uh, network that this morning Mika Brzezinski says that there's no child theft traffic trafficking in the world. The same network that said that voter fraud never happens. The same network that said that Russia collusion was real. I could go on and on, but I won't. I'll introduce you to one of our favorite guests, Mr. Bruce Lavelle, joining us on the Newsmax hotline. We had some confusion on the time, but he's flexible. And- and he's awesome. Longtime advisor for President Trump, former executive director of the National Diversity Coalition for Trump, and also business owner. Bruce Lavelle, how you doing today? Hey, Rob. How's it going, man? Thanks you for know, having me. It's, it's good. I, I saw Sound of Freedom last night. Have you had a chance to see it yet? Oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty. Woof. Man. Uh, wow. I'll tell you. I, uh, wow. You know, Bruce, yeah. I, I remember back in 2004 when I saw Passion of the Christ. That was another um, maligned movie, maligned by the mainstream press in its depiction of Jesus Christ. Um, uh, you know, I remember when they called, they called it the Jesus Chainsaw Massacre. That's what conservatives were calling it because it was very violent. Yeah. The, the media hated it because it was about Jesus Christ, and it yeah. was against you know their narrative. And that was the last time I sat in the movie theater, really. And, and and wept. And then he has this message uh, in the credits that, that made me just lose it. But it's this, it's that same thing. Mainstream media going after a, a Christian or yeah. or a, a, a Christ, the Christ figure in a movie, and then uh, now saying that uh, that uh, child sex trafficking doesn't exist and this is a QAnon theory. What, that really? Really, Bruce? It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um there's two, two movies I've been to where you're literally actively in the audience. Thanks for having me, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> and weeping and crying in the audience after during the movie was Passion of the Christ in this movie. Yes, sir. In my entire life. And I'm 59 years old. But I'm a movie, movie guy. I don't want to watch it at home. I want to go pay the money, get the popcorn. That, that old school, that's what I like. That's what it is. And get that experience. And it happened twice. To your point, you know, it's interesting. 
on that subject, I, you know, our ministry for years have, has worked with this Victory World Church here in Atlanta, a very large multicultural church. One of our big missionary mission trips are rescuing children. Um, and obviously we approach it from the ministry side, which you can imagine. But more so, um, this is one of those things where that it's, it's, the, it's the ugly truth of the elephant in the room that people try to avoid to talk about and, uh, and to really... And a lot of people, unfortunately, I said, well, that, that's not me. That's, you know, out of sight, out of mind is the unfortunate part about it. But it's interesting how <clears throat> the people calling it QAnon, conspiracies, and all these other things... And I'm like, you know, but but is it a lie? And no one can say that. So the question is, what do we do? And my prayer is that the obviously I'm supporting President Trump, and I've been talking to a lot of different folks. Um, obviously, and let me be careful how I word this is that that in itself <clears throat> obviously will be uh, on the forefront in the next administration, and it's going to take a, a president like. President Trump to combat this type of evil spirit. I'm just going to be keeping it real, guys, because it touches so many different facets. I remember we had a, an event down in Tampa with CCA, Concerned Communities of America, Contract Black America. I'm on this tour, and we went down there, and I kept figuring out what in the world is going on. Why? Why is the press here pushing back? What's going on? And I realized that Rob, that what happens is that a lot of cities that have the problem, Atlanta being one of the top child trafficking cities in the nation, quote, and I'm here in Atlanta, is that the political side does not want you talking about it, putting that, quote, dark cloud over their city. So it's one of those things that's very uncomfortable, but it has to be talked about. So not only you fight against the the, the naysayers, but the actual politicos who don't, well, we don't want to air that kind of laundry out in our city. We don't want to talk about that. So that in itself, I, I had up front, close, and personal, an encounterment, wondering, like, what is going on? Why aren't we getting this coverage? And Bruce, finally, Bruce, it, it's the same mindset that kept the Catholic Church silent for the last 70 damn oh, years. Yep, yep. Point. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's the same pathos. It's the yeah. same thing. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He, did you hear? This is, uh, I'm going to try and play this for you, see if you can hear it. This is Mika Brzezinski talking about and denying that child sex trafficking is happening. To the real threats that America faces. But perhaps no issue is more important than the conspiratorial thinking that has led many otherwise well meaning Americans to raise awareness about child sex trafficking epidemic that simply does not exist. Wow, Bruce. I mean, mm. she reminds she reminds me of one of the spectators at the Hunger Games, in the in the crowd with the you know with her elite friends eating their foie gras and their petit fours yep. as the children fight for their lives. Yes. Yeah, you know I remember one of my first missionary trips. And I'm just going to back in Atlanta, 1993. Pastor Givens, I'll never forget him. I met him in my one of my stores. I said, hey. You know, what do you do? I said, well, uh, my mission is we go rescue children from pimps. I'm like, what? You know, yeah, that's our ministry. He said, would you like to come along? I'm like, uh, sure, I'll go. Anyway, true story, went, went with him, went down to the bus station down in the city of Atlanta, and these little young girls get off the bus, and he literally stands in the way between them and the pimps that want to traffic them. 
I witnessed this. I watched it. To my point to that naysayer, they need to go. There's many mission trips that you can join, a lot of our ministries, that will say, hey, come along with us. We'll show you the brothels. We'll show you the dark areas to where they're trafficking these young teenage girls and young girls and boys. We can show you. And so I think she would need to go on that particular mission trip to see it with her own eyes, because it is really, really bad. It's one of the top industry, money-making industries, I hate to say it in that terms, Rob, uh, in the country. And I thank God for uh, people like Mel, who came out, Gibson, and you saw saw him meet with the with the boss, I'm mean, uh, President Trump and Dana uh, yes, White at the yes, UFC, yes. <laughs> and yes. um, and have some conversations. I'll leave it there. Um, so I, I really, I really felt that I, I'm going to pivot back to President Trump again because the, the, I said this back in 15 that his presidency will be, and you saw what Tucker Carlson said. It, it, it's an awakening. It's 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 uncovering the deepest, darkest spirits of what we've dealt with in this country, whether it be pay to play whether it be the sex trafficking, whether it be all of this dark, foul mess that our leadership has covered and condoned, this is part of that path of this legacy. As, as Carlson said on the other day, it's, uh, it's in a hundred years, this, this, this legacy, this tenure, this mission right here to your audience, this is what motivates me that I know will get a person in office that you bring it to his attention, he will be proactive and go after it. Yeah, he's the Unlike only president. Others. Yeah, he's the only president who met with Tim Ballard, the guy who who wrote the movie. Hollywood ignored this movie for a decade. Yep. Okay, and 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 he he went to Obama. He went to George Bush. He's a poser. George Bush is a poser. He always been a poser. Yep. He would have done something about Roe v. Wade in Jerusalem if he wasn't a poser. But he's a poser. But uh, yep. you know, he went to all of these people, and he was invited, and he sat next to Donald Trump, and he pleaded his case. I played the audio earlier, and I'm going to tell you something. Uh, uh, you know, the other night we saw at the UFC fight, Guy Fieri taking heat for shaking Donald Trump's hand. Uh, uh, Joe Rogan taking heat. You know what? That's over. People are done with that. People, Guy Fieri shook his hand because he doesn't give a crap anymore because the left is on the wrong side of history. And so that isn't, that isn't resonating anymore. You can't just hate somebody out of business because they, they support Donald Trump. That, those days yeah. are over, Bruce. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I was just on the phone with Representative Minor. Y'all can, she's trending on Twitter now. I just got off the phone with her. She she's just left the Democrat Party. we got to get to that. Go ahead. Exactly. Whoa. This, is where I'm, this is where I'm headed to this is that you're going to see more and more because, you know, historically and traditionally, it's been extremely, should I say, very hostile and intimidating. And that's how they pretty much control, uh, especially in black culture, on even embracing the ideology of the GOP or let alone the America First policies because of what you go through. And you imagine what they're doing to President Trump with the family and what he, all he's been through and all these indictments. You know, I was just talking to a representative that that flipped over to Vernon Jones earlier, and I said, "I said, well, now you see what black guys been dealing with now." Now, now listen, Bruce. I want to ask you a question. When when you are uh, at a family gathering with a black family, what gets the worst reaction from the family? Bringing home a white boyfriend or saying that you are a Republican? Uh, I, I'm probably going to say Republican because we have. We have multicultural uh, families. In- I know. I just say that yeah, as a, I'm, no, no, just no, no. Proje- I'm just being. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. Yes. That's a good question because yes. it happens tremendously in yes. family. And you know, 
Listen, you know, I don't know. I'm a little different. If you're in my home, I think a good, healthy discussion on yes. whatever you want to talk about should be opened. Yes. Um, I think um, it's unhealthy for family and friends. And y'all disagree with me in the audience here. Oh, we don't talk politics at Thanksgiving. I think it's important to have those conversations, to agree to disagree. Watch that key part here. Respectfully agree to disagree. Don't scream at each other. Don't yell. Don't call names. You want to do that? You go to Joy Reid show. Like I used to do that on MSNBC <laughs> years ago. Yeah. But this is something that is healthy, and I invite everyone have a healthy, respectful, agree to disagree conversation. That's how you grow. That's yes. how you empower. That's how you embrace. You know, it's just like uh, you know, folks who don't believe in Christ. It's like, well, what do you do? If you just want to hang around people who are just like, well, holier than thou, or do you want to challenge yourself? And talk to people and say, hey, let me tell you what this guy named Christ did for me in my life. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. Let me, you've been trying it this way, and you voted this way. Look at your roads. Look at your schools. Let's try it this way. Vote for this guy or lady that wants to try this. He, yeah, he's a Republican. But you have to admit this idea might be good. Try this. And I, and I, and I push back on that. Don't talk about it in, in, the, in the family. Because, you know, when I go to their house, they don't want to talk about it. I respect the home. But when you're in my home... It's fair game. You talk about yeah. whatever you want. My, my mother would bring, I would come home and you'd see like uh, 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 Seventh-day Adventists or, or, not, or uh, Jehovah's Witnesses in the, in the kitchen hanging out with mom when I got home from school. I'm like, why are you, why did you invite them in? They said, she said, well, they're not going to convert me. I, you know, they're not going to convert me, but let's have a conversation about theology. Yeah. I, maybe I'll convert them. Yeah. She just loved the conversation. Yeah. But, but Representative Minor, I remember when she came on the scene and she was voting with her constituents, not her party. That that was where she made the big splash. But now she said, I'm done with the Democrat Party. You may recall the walk away movement had a half a million members on Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg yep. and the Democrats got rid of it. So yep. she's, this sounds kind of an extension of what, what's been happening because the Democrat Party keeps promising and promising and things are worse than ever. Yeah. And, and let me make this real clear, you know, Rob, and even for the listeners, this is why I spoke with her earlier. We're going to meet for lunch. Is that the difference is that. The Republicans, we still have our mess in our establishment mess, that, that pay-to-play, just like the Dems had. We're still vetting, you know, cleansing that out, if you want to use that term. And that's why I told her, I said, listen, are, are you embracing the true policy of the Republican America first or, you know, this side? And it's a very distinction in who we are as conservatives. You know, Rob, I think... You know, I, I don't – and you see what we're fighting right now. You see all the folks that challenge uh, President Trump. There might be one or two that might be even close to the America First um, uh, policy. You know, and then we have the others that just say, well, we need to get back with business as usual and, and, you know, the safe way like we've always had it. And so that's one of the things that I always try to, to, to empower people to come on and buy into the great policies. Maybe not so much as the title – and whoever has the best policy oriented that's great for America, that's the title you vote for. And right now, it does, quote, look for the Republicans right now. Exactly. And Bruce, can, can you... Can you hold on for the next break? I, I, sure. I want to... Because you are, you are a person with a deep faith. And I, and I want to ask you about the battle we're in, because it's not conservative or Republican. It's not liberal versus, right. uh, you know, whatever. It's evil versus good. And I believe it's crystal clear. I, I've more so in my entire life than I've ever believed. Yep. I want to talk to you that on the other side of the break, if you don't mind. This is the Rob Carson Show.
If you live in this country and aren't down with freedom of speech, maybe you should move down to Cuba. It's the Rob Carson Show. Talking to Bruce Lavelle about, uh, well, about where the country is and what we are, uh, what we're battling here. Uh, Bruce, uh, I do believe that we, more so than any time in, uh, in my lifetime, I believe that we're in a, a battle between good and evil. I, I really do. And I'm yeah. not a Bible banger. I'm not, you know, I have a deep uh, faith and I, and I'm, and it's based on philosophy and astronomy and astrophysics and, and, uh, and, and theology and all of these things coming together, but I've never seen a more stark contrast right now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was, uh, out in, my, in Florida a few days ago and, <clears throat> you know, I, I talked to a lot of younger people a lot. I love young people, especially the ones that are, you know, aren't married and think about getting married. Now I always say, well, how do you, Mr. Lavelle, how do you become so successful? I said, well, I've been married successfully 31 years, and I come from a lineage of death to you part on both sides of my family, and I take the covenant very serious. But more so, um, you know, whatever faith you practice, whether you're Muslim, Jewish, Christian, whatever, if, if you really truly put God first in the home and take it very serious, you know, it, it, it's kind of like this armament and this hedge of protection that covers your home, your business, your family, your friends, and more so yourself as an individual. It's a covering. So no matter what bumps you go through in society or whatever you go through, it's your peace. And I think respectfully, you know, obviously there's a blessing and a curse in social media right now and radio and podcasts. And all. You know, the, the good news can come fast, but so can the bad news. And it can get nanoseconds on an Instagram or Twitter or or anything that, you know, Bible says the eye is the window of the spirit and the soul. So what you see and what you speak is what, what resonates and what you relate to. <clears throat> and so you're absolutely right, Rob. It is. Um, it, it's been going on, but the problem is, and I, you know, I challenge all the listeners, I said, be who you are. If, if you're a Christian, if you love the Lord, you, you, you actually you set that through your example, through your walk. You don't have to say anything. It's just your walk. And I think you need to be comfortable who you are, and that's why I loved, once again, working, uh, being appointed by President Trump and knowing him, knowing him as a friend, is he knew that he had to embrace the faith-based community out the gate. That was the first coalitions that he met in 2015. I was there meeting Catholics, Presbyterians, Methodists, Evangelicals, Episcopal, all types of cultures, you know, Iman. Uh, rabbis, because he knew that the only success of a great nation is the faith, the faith base, and bringing them say, hey, guys, I'm going to protect, quote, the Johnson Act. I'm going to fight for that. You know, where the, the left and other folks trying to dissolve the 5013Cs and persecute the churches and get them to show, make them pay taxes. This is real living right now, what we're going through. That was the first yep. conversation he had uh, in a roundtable in, in July of 2015. I was present. So to, to know that the base and the only success of the nation of the United States is the faith base, it's the only thing that's going to save it. We are, quote, yeah. a Christian Judea nation. Yes, we are. Yeah. You know, what does that mean? That means we embrace all other nations. We love them all. But this yeah. is who we are. This is our base. 
Don't Bruce, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to wrap things up here. I, I, the, now, Rob. I'm gonna tell you, no, I love it, and I want to, <clears throat> I, 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 I'm becoming crystal clear in my career. I spent my entire career uh, talking about uh, preventing child abuse, uh, working with inner city kids on other things. This has really crystallized me, and we, I believe, have to become warriors for good. And I'm, I just know you're on the side of it, Bruce. Listen, we got to run, my friend. God bless yeah. you. And have a have a glorious, glorious day, and let's get you on again soon. Okay. Have me. All right, all right. Let's take a break. This is the Rob Carson Show. On air and on the World Wide Web, this is the Rob Carson Show. Last hour of the Rob Carson Show. Uh, Welcome. Come on inside and and have a seat because we've got a a lot of things to discuss. If you want to check out the podcast, particularly the first hour of the show, I devoted it to... Uh, the movie Sound of Freedom, the new Jim Caviezel movie. Not just a movie, but about the child sex trafficking crisis going on around the world and, and around uh, the country and uh, how it's being uh, peddled the metal by the Biden administration in the open border. And 85,000 children going uh, missing and unaccounted for. And uh, you know, and this has been going on forever. I mean, what about the milk cartons? What about the amber alerts? I can go on and on. I've been following this for my entire adult life prevention of uh, child abuse and knowing uh, how groomers operate, how they get kids. It used to be, you know, you were worried about, uh, you know, a, a pastor or a, a priest or a, a camp counselor or whatever. But what about if your child is kidnapped into sex slavery? And it is happening. And America has a voracious appetite for child porn. And we've got people who literally are telling us to allow it in children's libraries. You have people literally saying that you need to tell children about sex, sexuality, types of sex when they're in elementary school. And then tell them they can switch genders if they're unhappy. If you don't think that's a threat to our children, if you don't think that's part of a plan that victimizes our children, I don't have time for you. I don't have time for your nonsense and your denial, Mika Brzezinski. Because it's real. If anything, last night, it reawakened my commitment to the prevention of child abuse and has even added to my purpose in my life. Because it's easy to prognosticate and bloviate on the radio. There are a lot of people who do it. There are a lot of people who have opinions. Opinions are like, you know what, and everybody's got one, and the last thing talk radio needs is another one of those on the radio. But you got to have a purpose and you got to bring something to the table that nobody else does. Prevention of child abuse has been one of the hallmarks of my show. And I do it because it's near and dear to my heart for a number of reasons we won't go into right now. But I've, uh, I, I'm, well, I'm very conversant on the subject. We'll just put it that way. Uh, by the way, um, if you get a chance to uh, check out this new poll Newsmax is doing, if you would like to uh, tell Newsmax if you think Trump's latest indictment is for real or just a political act, you can just text the word Trump to 39747. That's Trump to 39747. Vote right away. Make sure your voice is heard. And uh, Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Tune in now for the latest on Trump and others. Again, text Trump to 39747. Uh, just a great lineup. Uh, Rob Schmidt, I, I got to watch him every night. Uh, Eric Bowling got to watch him every night. It's it's awesome. Oh, and then uh, 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 Greta Van Susteren just did a magnificent 
uh, stint in Israel. And if you get a chance to just look at the archives of her show, if you missed it or see it again, uh, fascinating deep dive on Israel. And, uh, and she is the a perfect person for it. Greta Van Susteren, uh, NewsmaxTV.com. Just go down to the shows. You'll see the, you'll see the, uh, the archive of the shows. It's, uh, it's really, really fascinating. So you know that I'm not a big fan of uh, EVs for a number of reasons, and it's not because I'm a, you know, a jerk, and it's not because of whatever. It's just that I see the folly of EVs because EVs were the original automotive. The original car was, uh, was electric. Uh, I believe the first car was created in France, and uh, there were there were electric cars, there were steam cars. Those never took off. There, you know, whatever. And then, of course, uh, the uh, the internal combustion engine, which is a gift from God, which burns an organic substance that was created by the earth, hence uh, created by God. Oh, you're just you. What are you doing? You, everybody knows that fossil fuels are evil. No, they aren't. No, no, no. I don't think there are any kids in the oil fields in, uh, in uh, you know, Texas out there uh, slaving like they do in the cobalt mines in Africa for the country of China to get, a, to get an EV. Oh, and I was in my old car dealership the other day, Hendrick Toyota in Merriam, Kansas. And they said, uh, my friend Randall, he goes, Rob, you know, uh, it takes uh, for, the, for the production of one EV, fully electric, battery-operated EV, typical. You could build nine plug-in hybrids. Now, a plug-in hybrid is a, is a hybrid vehicle that you can plug in. It has, an, it has a battery, and it has a range of about 40, 50 miles on the electric motor. Then the gas motor kicks in. So as a commuter car, it's, it's pretty nice. If you're driving 20 miles to work, you plug it in at work. You plug it in uh, in the drive at home. You plug it in again. No gas, right? But if you go over 40 miles, you're going to be burning gas. So you get these uh, fuel ratings of about 170 miles a gallon. And that's, you know, combination electric. Then there is just the regular hybrid. Regular hybrid is fantastic. I know that uh, Toyota has not invested a lot in electric vehicles because they're a joke. They're a joke. Here's a headline. Biden's electric car push is doomed to fail because EVs are still too expensive, say leading automakers, after experts warned it could take up to a decade to save the money on green cars. Toyota is one of the uh, countries that say the EV push was overly optimistic. Toyota, I know the inside track on Toyota. They're saying, nah, you know what? We're not doing electric cars. They're too expensive and they're a joke. And so Toyota is doing hybrids, plug-in hybrids. They've got at least one electric model available in the States, but they aren't going all in because they see that it's going to fail. Okay, they say the current target of all electric vehicles are 60 percent, whatever, uh, of 2032 is completely uh, uh, not reality, not reality. So no matter how many tax cuts you give and all that, it still costs too much for, a new, uh, for an electric car. And I'll also mention there are no electric trains, no electric dump trucks. There are electric tractors. They're worthless. No a pickup truck worth its salt is electric because if you have to actually work with it, haul stuff, whatnot, it's worthless. Worthless. I see these Rivian trucks. They're Rivian trucks. Stop it, Rivian. Oh, my God. They're just so super. I see them driving around here. I'm like, oh, yeah, good luck with that Rivian truck. Throw, throw about 500 pounds of drywall in the back of your Rivian truck as you go to Whole Foods. Yeah, the, uh, the typical uh, cost in May for a new car. Are you, this is the average cost of a new car. I never owned a car that cost more than $35,000 until December. Forty-seven eight is how much a new car costs. You know what the payment is on that? 
about $8,500 a month. Uh, no, no, $850 a month. About $850 a month. $8,500 would be uh, you know, problematic. Eight, about $850. About eight fifty. Uh, electric car is uh, sixty five thousand dollars. Yeah, eighteen thousand dollars more for that, and the payment on that is going to be what twelve hundred fifty dollars a month. Yeah. If you got good credit, <laughs> yeah. See, don't I speak like a car salesman? I, you know, I had to do it. I got good at it. I was really good at it. I was actually one of the few people who get into get into car sales literally first first month and beat everybody in the dealership. You know, that's what happened. It was kind of weird. Kind of weird that way. But, you know, if you can talk, it kind of helps. So um, uh, the United Auto Workers going after Joe Biden's so-called green energy agenda for its wage-cutting outcomes, showering billions of dollars in American taxpayer money on the three largest automakers, including Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, whatever the hell that is, Stellantis. And, and the funny thing is, all of that isn't, uh, it is not tripling, it's not trickling down to the, to the UAW workers. So all the money that you pay, you UAW members, to your unions, and, and you're told you're supposed to vote Democrat, and they send all your money to Democrats. Well, here's Joe Biden screwing you over. He doesn't care. As part of Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, automakers are set to enjoy a massive windfall via tax credits for EVs. But the, the unions are sounding the alarm on severe cuts to auto workers' wages as a result of Biden administration's push to steer automakers toward EVs. Yeah. People are losing their jobs, even though they dutifully gave money to the Democrat Party. But guess what? Your boss is keeping the money and building the plants, and you're going to make more or less because of it. This is uh, the uh, UAW spokesperson talking about uh, Joe Biden. His name is Sean Fain. He's the president of UAW. The big three automakers, Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, are taking billions of dollars Stellantis. in government subsidies Stellantis. to go electric. Stellantis. But those benefits aren't trickling down to UAW members. So when GM announced plans to build a new Lordstown plant, people thought this could be the opportunity that finally made their communities whole again. Yeah. The team figures to play a big role in the future. Yeah. And this is your opportunity to get involved as it's just starting. Good luck. We're saying high-tech jobs, high-quality jobs. It's not about getting a job. It's about creating a career for yourself. My first instinct was like, these are going to be good-paying jobs. It's, I guess, the element of surprise. <laughs> it hasn't been good yet. Workers at Lordstown Assembly were on track to make upwards of $30 an hour. The new green jobs at the Altium plant, $16.50 an hour, wow. going up to $20 after seven years. Altium cut auto wages in half. Wow. So after seven years, you go to $20 an hour. You can earn 15 starting at Walmart tomorrow. Hell, you could make seventeen fifty working at Walmart tomorrow, where I live. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> this is kind of funny. Uh, also, Tesla uh, admits that it's going to take about ten years for you even to break even on an electric car. So you're going to pay more for the electric car, uh, everything for ten years, and then after ten years, it evens out. How long do you keep your car? And how long are you going to want to keep an EV? I wouldn't keep an EV that long because batteries don't last that long. Don't believe me? Check out, the, check out the flashlight in the junk drawer in your kitchen, and we'll talk. Here's a little bit more from the president of the UAW about Joe Biden and the Democrats getting all, giving all sorts of money, all sorts of money to the big three automakers, and none of it is trickling down to the employees. GM, LG, they get a kickback from the government. We pay our taxes, so that's our money going into these big billion-dollar company's pockets. You should be able to pay me the livable wage. I shouldn't be working two jobs. 
It's not just a low pay. These jobs are often dangerous, too. Oh, yeah, there's that. We've had a couple fires inside there. Batteries exploding. It's not just about Lordstown. The big three are building joint venture battery plants in Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, and everywhere. Our message is the same. Our communities and our country deserve good, safe, living wage union jobs. It's time to build an EV industry that puts workers first. I thought the uh, UAW, they were uh, all in on the Democrat Party. The Democratic Party was all in with them. But it turns out that uh, Democrat Party, not so much. They're a little more closely aligned to China. Yeah. This is Donald Trump a few weeks ago when he was uh, talking in Michigan. Electric cars will kill more than half of U.S. auto jobs, decimate the suppliers that, de- that decimated already. So the push for electric cars is killing the United States. It's killing Michigan. It's a vote for China. He said amid state Democrats approving $700 million in funding and tax credits for a China-linked Goshen Incorporated to build an EV factory near Big Rapids in, uh, in Michigan. And guess what? It's going to be run by the Communist Chinese Party. They're going to keep a, an office for the Chinese Communist Party in the building. So you're getting screwed over a couple different ways. Joe Biden's getting paid by China, you know, for, uh, for uh, you know, influence and whatnot. He ushers in the, uh, the new era of the electric car. He mandates that all government vehicles become electric, even though most of them cannot, because there are no electric dump trucks and road graders and tanks and ships, those things. There never will be. Airplanes, not going to happen. The whole deal. Passenger jets, not going to happen. Aircraft carriers, you're high. So he mandated all that, and then he made us energy dependent by ceasing all uh, precious metals as far as uh, uh, battery metals and whatnot. All that mining stops. All of the oil exploration stops. All of our uh, our, our energy needs switch to China, where they make all of the, the batteries for the electric cars, the solar panels, and the windmills. So he just eliminated you. Went right, right to China to get their money come here and build their electric vehicles in the battery and pay you half as much as you were supposed to get paid or you wanted to get paid. There you go. Vote Democrat. Let's take a break and come back, my friends. This is the Rob Carson Show. There's only one Rob Carson on the radio. Oh, thank God. It's the Rob Carson Show. Federal judge in Louisiana refused to put a temporary hold on an order limiting the Biden administration officials from contacting social media companies. So that's good news because uh, this all started, you know, uh, pre-COVID. I noticed that uh, there was an attack on conservative speech that seemed to be accelerated around 2016-ish and then really, really full bore in 2018. I noticed this because I was a part of uh, 29 uh, Facebook pages, conservative pages. I had uh, 19 million followers and uh, uh, Facebook made them all go away. Just one day, October 31st, 2018, gone. Every one of them gone. No excuses, no refunds. The $250,000 that my, uh, the, the, the person who was involved in, uh, in building the network, Terry Littlepage, lost his own money gone, everything gone. They, 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 they don't even exist anymore. Same happened to my, uh, my Facebook page the day after the election. Uh, my, my radio show page disappeared the day after the election. I couldn't comment about the election or anything. Suddenly, I could not speak about 
I don't know the vaccine. I couldn't have an opinion on uh, 2020. I couldn't have an election on, or a uh, an opinion on uh, on COVID protocols. I could not have an opinion on CRT. I could not have an opinion on a million different reasons, a million different things. Why couldn't I say anything about it on social media? Well, it turns out. The federal government was deeply involved. All of the letter agencies and then some, 70 agencies involved in shutting down freedom of speech. People need to go to jail for this. The ruling was a setback for Joe Biden, whose attorneys had asked U.S. District Judge Terry Doughty to stay his order when, while they pursued an appeal. All right, But the, the appeal did not happen. Uh, Doughty has been critical of the Biden administration, saying officials tried to create an Orwellian Ministry of Truth. They did. The DHS. Duh. They came up with the uh, Disinformation Bureau. That's what they tried to do. They're still doing it. That's why the DHS needs to go. But by everybody fired, everybody, every piece of paper shredded, everything gone. DHS, you know, fill the office with, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whatever other office. Get rid of it. It's over. DHS is done. FBI needs to be downsized. Chris Ray needs to be fired. Merrick Garland needs to be impeached and removed from office. The FBI needs a wholesale, top-down rehab project. Get rid of all the bad. Put in the new. So we got this uh, this case, Republican and uh, and Louisiana Attorney General, and, and what we've discovered is that the uh, the Biden administration. Uh, was colluding, and now this judge has said, "No, nope, you can't. Uh, you can't do this." And and they're, you know, the Biden administration tried to tried to uh, get in the way, say, "No, no, no, we not. This is important because you know there might be misinformation out there." Well, there's really no such thing as misinformation and disinformation. Those are words created by the government to call what you believe untrue, even though it could be, because the government's truth is the only truth that they have and anything that disagrees with it is uh, disinformation and misinformation in case you didn't know in case you didn't know this is uh, congressman jeff landry talking about the government and restriction of speech online and in the mainstream media free speech is not supposed to have an approval process john our ability to dispute to have dispute and then to challenge our government was a core principle to liberty and all of those went out the window when Joe Biden became president. And, of course, what we found in this case was that the government is out there ratcheting that down on us. Free speech is not supposed to have an approval process, John. They don't want us to talk about things that they don't want us to talk about. Boom. And if we disagree with them, they want us to be silenced, whether it deals with elections, the origin of COVID-19, some of the health care uh, policy choices they were making during the, the COVID pandemic, and the list goes on and on. If they're allowed to do this, there is no reach that they can't go. Absolutely. This is Jonathan Capehart. He's a, a liberal fop on Sunday morning TV talking about how important it is for the government to censor you. You know, you have an administration that is in the middle of a pandemic. The Biden administration comes in in the middle of a pandemic with disinformation, misinformation. They're try, literally trying to save people's lives. And they cost lives. See that all that misinformation and disinformation is happening on social media platforms. A responsible, functioning government would go to those social media companies and say, hey, um, could we have a conversation about this? We understand. Now we know who would guard the camps. This is David Brooks' rebuttal. 
And I don't frankly trust government in cahoots with Big Trek in private to be in, in charge of this. Mm. There is a, a law in the Senate or a bill in the Senate that would make the process more transparent. So. Yeah, the government will lie to you. And they have. And they've abused the privilege. And people need to pay for it. The First Amendment is sacrosanct on so many levels. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden and the Democrats caused a 40-year high inflation. When factories that make these ships shut down, ships shut down. Because we're not stupid. It's the Rob Carson Show. So one of the main reasons why I'm uh, ahead of the curve with regard to this free speech stuff, and you hear me talking about this and. And you may have noticed, if you've been listening for a while, uh, the show's been syndicated uh, not quite two years. It's still in its infancy, technically. And uh, many of you have been here for since the very beginning, or even uh, with me when I was uh, doing uh, podcasting after a long day selling cars. Uh, but you know, it's important to me. And when I, uh, I noticed something was happening the last five or seven years, I noticed something was happening. Something was afoot. And it became more crystal clear. And I, and I put two and two together myself without a big staff like some people like uh, nothing it's Tucker Carlson he's got a hell of a staff um, but I but I figured you know why are they using misinformation and disinformation out of nowhere suddenly being used I'm like that's odd I'm not supposed to suddenly recognize a new term that I've never heard before being used in every newscast like it's been there forever and then I looked into it and I found out that uh, Joseph Stalin used the word disinformatia in 1923, created a department of disinformation, and the Biden administration is following their cues as far as free speech. They're also taking cues from Mao, and they are also taking cues from, uh, from uh, Joseph Stalin and even Hitler to some degree. I know, you can't compare him to Hitler. Oh, really? You compare Trump to Hitler every day? Shut up! Uh, you know, the Reichstag, January the 6th, Kristallnacht, uh, the summer of 2020, and the night of Donald Trump's inauguration in D.C. where storefronts were literally uh, broken, broken glass. It was a whole night of broken glass. It was crazy. Weird. Weird now history repeats itself. And I said, well, if the government says what I believe is misinformation or disinformation, and then also I see over there on social media they're doing the same thing, and in the mainstream media saying the same thing, Something's happening. There's got to be a cabal because the only people who could use the word disinformation with any authority would be a government. And then I found out I was right. And now the Biden administration is trying to uh, rekindle their relationship after a judge said you got to not talk to the big social media companies anymore because uh, you've been lying. You've been lying and you've been using the social media companies uh, to uh, propagandize. And if you don't believe me, uh, here's, here's just a fine example. This is an opinion you could only have two years ago. Parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. More than 50 former intelligence officials signed on to a letter yesterday saying that the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's emails has, quote, all of the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation campaign. This is what the president was just talking about. The letter signatories span four administrations, including the current one, and include former CIA directors John Brennan, Michael Hayden, and Leon Panetta. Today, more than 50 former intelligence officers said Trump's phony Hunter Biden scandal has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. There you go. So that's what happens when the government tells the media what to say, and the media uh, slavishly uh, repeats what they say. That's what 
Joe Biden, the FBI, the DOJ, the CDC, the HHS, all of the letter, uh, the NAIA, all of these organizations, they told social media and the mainstream media what to say, and they said, okay, okay, I'll do it, okay, even though it's wrong. You need another example? Well, you know, ivermectin works really, really well. And it saved millions of lives around the world, but it was not allowed in the United States. Why? Because the government told you it wasn't uh, going to help you. So things are clearly bad, but they're being made even worse by people who have refused to take the vaccine and instead are swallowing horse paste. Horse dewormer. There's no clinical evidence that indicates that this works. It goes beyond that. We actually know that it doesn't work. Ivermectin is ineffective against COVID. But- and they all just lapped it up like little thirsty puppies. They did. They did. I didn't. I know most of you didn't. Oh, what else could they be lying about? I don't know. Certain dates echo throughout history. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th. 2021. Similar to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. We can now add January 6th, 2021 to that very short list of days. And I said, right after it happened, I said, the day after they said there was $150 million worth of damage to the Capitol, I was like, really? Really? Why didn't they, why were they able to open two hours later? What, uh, what happened? And then they hid the videotape and then Tucker Carlson released the videotape and we saw that people went in. They were let in. A lot of them were just let in. And they didn't do any damage inside the Capitol. They didn't do a damn bit of damage inside the Capitol. Nothing. But we were told it was the worst in insurrection since, uh, since uh, the War of 1812. We were told it was the worst incident since 9-11. I don't recall 350 first responders running into the Capitol and being crushed to death when the building collapsed on itself. I don't recall 300 people jumping from the Capitol, the burning Capitol, to their deaths. It was a bunch of crap. This is Tucker Carlson talking about it with uh, with Russell Brand about Jan, Jan 6th. By the way, an insurrection is a very specific meaning, and I'm pedantic about words because they're the currency that I trade in. I mean, that's what I do. I use words for a living, so I care about their specific meanings. That was not an insurrection. It was not armed, and its purpose was not to overthrow the government. It was It was a spasm of rage. I'm not actually for that. But that's what it was. It was not an insurrection. And to put Jacob Chansley, an American citizen, a Navy veteran, in jail for years after he was let into the Senate chamber by uniformed Capitol Hill police officers, and then I play that, and I'm the bad guy? F*** you. Like, what what do you make of that? I'm sorry, it makes me mad just thinking about it. I said I wasn't going to be a hater. That makes me mad. And I see people on other channels, it's outrageous. He's trying to minimize January 6th. Well, but this guy went to prison. Went to prison. You ever been to prison? Only for visits. Right, okay. It's not very nice. You don't want to go to to prison to take a man's freedom away and call him all these names for something he didn't do and then show no remorse at all when you are exposed to have lied about it. There's a human being who was locked away in a prison. It's an outrage. Yeah. It is an outrage, and you lied about it. He was a QAnon shaman. That was, the, that was the narrative created by the government and lapped up by the mainstream media and big social media. 
It's crazy, right? And then, of course, all of the lies about uh, about COVID. I could go on and on and on. You had uh, <laughs> this is really interesting. Uh, the uh, you got a cash bonus when someone died from COVID. It was an incentive to uh, kill people, and it worked incredibly well. This in the uh, vigilant Fox website. The U.S. federal government incentivized not people uh, recovering from COVID, but dying from COVID. Uh, testified attorney Thomas Renz to the Pennsylvania State Senate. You got a cash bonus when someone died from COVID. It was an incentive to kill people. It worked really, really well. The uh, the government offered one uh, one alternative for uh, for COVID, and it was resdemivir, which is uh, basically AZT, as AZT was to AIDS, resdemivir was to COVID, and both of them were backed by Tony Fauci. Right? Funny, right? No, it's not. It's really not. RFK RFK yesterday was uh, was asked about. Um, uh, what he would do when he's the president with regard to COVID and with regard to the uh, the one person who created a lot of this uh, this cover-up, the, the one person who, uh, who actually was funneling money to the Communist Chinese Party in uh, Wuhan, China, to create this, the one man who said there was no gain-of-function, but he's been down with gain-of-function for his entire career, the man who lied about everything while in a position of power uh, working with NA. IA overseeing the CDC and the HHS, Tony Fauci. Here is what uh, what RFK would do with phony, Tony phony. That's funny, actually. Phony Fauci. I like that. Uh, if he became president. Do I think that he committed crimes? I think he caused a lot of injury. He particularly by withholding early treatment from Americans. Uh, you know, we racked up the highest death count in the world. We only have 4.2% of the globe's population, but we had 16% of the COVID deaths in this country. And that is, uh, that was from bad policy. There's countries that did the opposite of what we did that provided ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, other early treatments to their populations and had one two hundredth of our death rate. So there are many, many things that we did wrong in this country. And, uh, and some of those were, uh, I would say, knowing knowingly that um that some of the things that were done by public health officials at that time uh that they knew that they would be harmful to yeah and um i'm suffering from the shrapnel of that i see two kids who were impacted by covid policy both kids unnecessarily vaccinated <sighs> and they've lied about a lot of stuff CDC admits not including diagnostic codes showing COVID vax as a cause of death in some death certificates. CDC's explanation for leaving certain diagnoses codes off of Minnesota death certificates that cite COVID-19 vaccine as a cause of death. Vaccine injuries in federal records show intent to deceive. According to a person who helped analyze death certificates for the Brownstone Institute, my, my mom had a, a friend who's, uh, no, actually, this, a friend who died and the, the friend's son uh, said to my mom, they put COVID on his death certificate, and he was never tested. They stole his death. They stole his father's death from him. His, da- his father died from dementia, the final end uh, of dementia. That's what he died. And they put it on the death certificate so they could get money. This happened all over the country. <laughs> Think about all, of the, all the people who died by themselves because... The hospital said you can't go in without wearing a mask. You can't go in without being vaccinated. You can't go in. It's ridiculous.
New York Times found that 90% of COVID-positive tests officially recorded in Massachusetts, New York, and Nevada in summer 2020 were based on SARS-CoV viral loads too small to be infectious. Oregon lawmakers similarly sought a federal grand jury investigation into COVID statistical manipulation nearly two years ago, claiming the CDC employed a double standard exclusively for COVID-19 data collection that inflated cases and deaths starting early in the pandemic. I said this too. Robert Redfield, the former head of the CDC, while Donald Trump was a president, said that the CDC, the HHS, was giving people a perverse incentive to diagnose COVID, whether that be going into the hospital or leaving the hospital on, uh, in, a, in a casket. It is, uh, I mean, honestly, there will be a point we have to, we have to have uh, Nuremberg-style trials for the things that this government has done. And it's all tied into, uh, you know, pushing you to believe a narrative that wasn't true and, uh, and controlling you. Whether it be lying about an election, uh, saying that election uh, uh, interference doesn't happen, or that uh, boys can be girls. It's just kind of, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of strange that way. Oh, this is kind of fun. For anybody who, and it is, I'm just throwing this in here, it's a non sequitur. I just thought it was interesting. And, and uh, you know, you've got, uh, you've got things like, um, uh, well, for instance, students as young as eight are set to learn the nuances of being transgender in Massachusetts school. Thanks to proposed revision to the state's health and physical education framework, leaving critics aghast at the LGBTQ push by administrators. Kind of ties into the grooming thing. Kind of ties into the movie I saw last night with uh, Jim Caviezel. And, uh, and here is, here is uh, Roseanne Barr. Uh, she's talking to Piers Morgan. And she has been at, she's being asked a, an absurd question that suddenly has gained traction because some people have been able to spread nonsense and, uh, and some people have fallen for it. And that question is, what is a woman? We have a Supreme Court justice who has been so uh, propagandized by the left, by mainstream media, big social media. She got on the Supreme Court even though she had no idea what a woman was. Can you, is there a more basic question? If you're in elementary school, uh, or uh, let's say kindergarten, uh, what's the difference between men and women? Well, daddy has a pee-pee and mama has a nina. Okay? Here, I'll, I'll give you an example. Here, here's a, here is a, let me see if I can find this here. This is, oh yeah, yeah. Here, here, this is a, this is a person who's around four years old um, who knows more about human sexuality than Katanji Brown Jackson. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. There you go. Let me say that again. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Yeah, you know what I call that? I call that the PP Nina talk. I had that with my kids when they were little. You should have that conversation with, with you or your friends who believe that little boys can be little girls and little girls can be little boys. Here's Roseanne Barr answering the question, what is a woman? Now listen, Roseanne, let me ask you the most difficult question in the world, apparently. What is a woman? How much do I weigh? No, what is a woman? <laughs> a woman is me. A woman is somebody whose breasts hang down to her stomach and who has uh, a prolapsed uterus from giving birth to five ungrateful little bastards who have never had to work for a thing in their damn life. Boom. That's what a woman is. So when you're a man and at 45 you say you're a woman, it's an insult to all women, and I think you understand why. Let's take a break and come back. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. 
If you don't like his opinion, see the First Amendment and get back to us. It's the Rob Carson Show. Penis girls have a vagina. There you go. We used to call that the PP Nina talk, but now you've got idiots like the uh, British Cancer Fund recommending that the word vagina not be used, but instead the term bonus hole, so as not to offend transgender people. There you go. So yeah, there you go. Just tell your uh, your sig other that uh, the, you know, you're going to call it the. Yeah. Joe's Cervical Cancer Trust, which sounds like a tire repair shop, self-described as the UK's leading cervical cancer charity. The Cancer Fund uh, partnered with the LGBT Foundation, a British charity dedicated to LGBTQ issues. Oh, no way! Shut up! With a mission to empower LGBTQ individuals and our diverse communities to realize their full potential every day. In their uh, collaborated effort, a guide titled Language to Use When Supporting Trans Men or Non-Binary People, using the correct language when referring to someone's gender identity is a simple and effective way to demonstrate support and recognition, also to force your speech and thought. The guide reads, if incorrect language is used without being corrected, it can cause someone to feel hurt or distressed. Oh, boo frickety hoo life is hard. This may lead them to have, uh, may, may lead them to leave and to eventually seek support elsewhere. So uh, LGBTQ terms such as uh, uh, cisgender, dead naming, gender identity, gender queer, non-binary, transphobia are all featured in these uh, in these terms. And now uh, the uh, the glossary has advised professionals to use the word uh, bonus hole, bonus hole to describe uh, the vagina. It's important to check with uh, uh, words someone would prefer to use. So, you know, if you're maybe, I don't know, considering, you know, you're going on on a first date and you're just kind of hanging there and you're like, hey, you want another... Uh you want another uh, uh, margarita? No, yeah, for sure, fine. So what do you like and prefer to be called? A bonus hole or a vagina? Just real quick. And do you want some more? Let's get some more breadsticks over here. Can I? I'm sorry. What did you say? Uh, nothing. Just breadsticks and a bonus hole vagina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These people are insane. These people are insane. Oh, oh, I got I to gotta play this. So Vivek Ramaswamy, everybody's like, you're done. Rob Carson's in the tank for Trump. Well, yeah, uh, I like Donald Trump as a candidate. He's my candidate. You know why? Because he got screwed. And, uh, and the entire uh, deep state has been after him for seven years telling you that he's the candidate who has to be the president. Okay, that's it. I mean, that's all. Uh, in case you don't get it, you know. Uh, but anyway, Vivek Ramaswamy says, hey, man, uh, you want to make some money? Let's do what everybody else does. Let's, uh, let's hire you to do fundraising, and I'll let you keep 10%, not for the big guy, but for, for yourself. This campaign is founded on the truth. Here's the truth of how political fundraising actually works. There's a tiny group, it's an oligopoly of people who raise money, bundling and otherwise, who get to keep a large percentage, yeah. sometimes up to 10% Ooh, of what they actually raise. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to belong to a small group of people. I don't like this system as it exists. But if that's the system we're going to have, my view is let's democratize that and yeah. make it possible for everybody to make money as well. So if you're supporting me and you're part of this movement and you want to help us actually raise that money, join my kitchen cabinet. New program we're launching where you help me raise the money. You get a unique link to do it. We'll have a special relationship. I'm going to keep giving you phone calls, telling you how. There you go. He's creating work. You get 10%. 
I got to tell you, I think it's a pretty awesome idea. I really, really do. Uh, we got to take a break, come back, wrap things up. More on this tomorrow. This is The Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show today. Make sure to check out Newsmax later. Rob Schmidt, uh, Eric Bowling, and more. And the podcast for the radio show, go to Newsmax.com slash listen. God bless you guys. See you tomorrow. And until then, don't catch the stupid. See you.